My name is Liliana. First, I want to say thank you to the White Hat team for having me today here. It's a terrific turnout. I'm really happy to see so many people here on stage listening to me. As Sue said, my talk is about inbound PR. I wrote the book. I currently work at HubSpot. I flew in from Dublin yesterday. And I've been at HubSpot for a little over four years. I'll show you a couple of details later on. Currently, I'm Global Partner Program Manager. Um, White Hat are one of our most successful partners, and we are very proud to have them in our partnership. And as I said, right now, I manage the whole program on a global level, which is super exciting. I used to consult a lot of agencies on how to transform their businesses with inbounds. First, I want to get to know you. Anyone works in PR here? Wow, just a few people. Okay, that's great. How many of your HubSpot customers? Oh, almost the whole room. Awesome. So actually give you really good tips on PR that you can apply with the HubSpot software. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. How many of you are HubSpot partners? Quite a few as well. Okay, well, hopefully this will give you some cues on new services that you can add in your portfolio. So kick it off again. I'm here to talk to you about inbound PR. As I said, I'll give you some very practical tips. Um, and as mentioned too, I've worked with over 200 HubSpot agencies to consult them and help them grow their businesses with inbound. I come from a PR background. I used to work in PR agencies, actually here in the UK, back in the day, uh, and before I was recruited by HubSpot. So that gave me a lot of ideas on how I can combine PR and inbound marketing and turn it into the book of inbound PR that got published last year by Wiley. You can find me everywhere online. Um, I have a little bit of a weird spelling on my name, so just be careful. It's I-L-I-Y-A-N-A. -A. I'm Bulgarian. I used to live in Germany. I lived in the UK. I'm based in Ireland, and I work for an American company. So if you're wondering about my accent, that's the reason. Now, as we also said, we've got a little bit of a surprise. So for, those of, for the person who tweets the most with Inbound PR and London Hug, I have a signed copy of my book that you guys will get. Um, so you can dive in deeper into the whole practice of inbound PR and take, take it to a whole nother level than the presentation that I'm giving today. Now, this is me on the picture. Anyone can take a guess where that is? It's a fairly cold country. Anyone want to try? Iceland. Wow, Iceland, very good, well done. This is Iceland. On this picture, I was so scared. It was in the middle of January, it was snowing everywhere, and we were meant to go diving, right? Which was insane. And this place is a national park in Iceland, is unique. You actually dive in between two continents. But I think the key thing here is that I didn't want to do it. I was so scared, it was so cold, I'm not a great swimmer, I thought I was gonna drown, I thought I was gonna die, that was my last day on earth. But then again, I overcame my fear, and it was the best experience of my life. I can't even explain how clear the water was, and you're literally at the top, and you see 40 meters down, and you see the two continents, literally, and, and you can touch them, it's absolutely amazing. Now, that's one of the messages, or maybe even the key message of the book and generally of this presentation. I think PR has been overcome with fear for many years of not jumping on the bandwagon and changing. Granted, there are a lot of professionals 
uh, and a lot of PR agencies as well who are doing great job and they're learning from other practices like inbound marketing, they're jumping on the bandwagon of social media, etc. But as an industry, PR has normally stayed behind other industries and hasn't really adopted with the world of digital. So overcoming fear is key for that. And testing and trying and experimenting and learning. That's how we progress. Now here's the agenda. We walk through PR and why I feel it's broken. I mentioned that already a little bit, so we'll dig a little bit deeper. I'll talk about how inbound can help. And then at the end, the majority of this presentation is going to focus on some practical tips that you can go ahead and try. And a lot of them align with the inbound marketing methodology that all of you who are HubSpot customers are familiar with. And for others, it's pretty easily explained as well. So I'm hoping you can take a lot from this presentation and go and do it at home and try it for yourself. So we'll dive right in. Why is fear broken? Now, whenever we try to explain an industry, we started with its, its definition. There are just a few people in the room who work in PR. So I want to make sure that I set the level. If we look at the PRSA, which is the Public Relations Society of America, of America, the biggest PR body in the world, they define PR as a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and their publics. Who understands that? Anyone? Couple people, those who work in PR. That's right. <laughs> the other ones know. Let me show you another definition that's a little bit more popular, doesn't come from a PR person. And it says that advertising is basically saying that you're good, whereas PR is getting other people to remark about you and say how good you are. Right? That's whole, that whole influencer talk that we spoke earlier on. Now, how many agree with this statement? PR is the same as media relations. Media relations is basically working with journalists to get coverage out there. Yes, no? Yes, hands up? Just a few? So that's been the general notion for PR for many years. PR has been taken as synonymous with media relations. Now, digital has changed. Our landscape is different. We have different types of media nowadays. We still have earned, so that's media relations, where we work with those journalists, but then we also work with different types of influencers. We also have shared, which is social media. We have owned media, which is really where inbound marketing comes into play, because inbound marketing is all about our own content. And with paid media, I think you guys are now well aware as well of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter paid, paid posts and LinkedIn. So we saw the media types, right? We have paid, earned, owned, and shared. For those of you that work in PR, how many of you use the whole spectrum of it and go outside of just earned? Do you guys focus mainly on earned? The peer people in the room speak up. Yes, no? Yes, just earned? All right. Why is that? Oh, great. <laughs> well, you said just earned, right? Like, I think on a lot of occasions, when we do PR, that's the only thing we think about, right? And for me, I think that's dead. I think, as I said, the media types have evolved. We, as customers and consumers of information, are very different than what we used to be before. We make decisions differently, right? And so for me, 
that whole notion that a lot of people have about PR and really how the practice was for years, where you just mass email a list of 500 journalists with a press release and expect, you know, five pieces of coverage, just, just doesn't work, right? Like, it's similar to the outbound world that we had with inbound marketing, where we used to use tactics like direct mail and basically spam people with information not at the right time, the wrong type of information, like really when they were not interested in it. So the whole idea really with this book is that we want the industry to change. I said in, er, earlier in the beginning that it's all about fear and overcoming that fear. And this is a quote that I really love. It's from a couple of years, but I think it still plays a role today. And it says that PR needs to reinvent itself. Because if PR doesn't adapt to the new world of new media types of, of the digital reality, basically the discipline is going to die out. I don't think that's going to happen. I said that the industry has been slow to adapt, and we're at the right time now to actually look at what else can we do to invigorate, reinvigorate the industry and really drive the results for clients and show them that PR can be super influential and helpful to the bottom line. And that's where I think inbound can play a role. The whole premise of this, when I came up with the book, the book came up, um, uh, was published last year. I got the idea through my blog. I've been writing a blog for almost 10 years now. As I said, oh, I used to work in PR. And when I joined HubSpot, I realized, oh, wow, now I'm working with all these agencies from different backgrounds, SEO agencies, content agencies, um, web agencies, um, typical digital agencies, etc. What I noticed was that they were really struggling with content and content creation, whereas all my PR agencies had no problem with that. And I think that's pretty clear to all of us. PR people, what do they do? They create content. They create stories. To show you the stats on that, this is the, the latest um, the CRPR, Charles Institute of Public Relations here in the UK, state of the profession. So you, you see that day in and day out, that's what PR people do. 76% of them spend most, some or most of their time copywriting and editing. Really is content. Now, I said a little bit earlier that PR people are not so great at measurement. A lot of PR professionals have, have still stuck with advertising value equivalents, where, where you're basically looking at how much you're paying for that ad and for the space in a magazine or et cetera, and any, any outlet. And then you're sort of like comparing if, if that were an, an ad that's how much you'd make. That's what the outcome would be of your PR efforts if that's sort of like the tutorial you would get. And you also see from another research that 73% of PR professionals say that aligning metrics to revenue is vital, but it's also the most difficult challenge that they're facing. Now, that's consistent. If you look at various different studies about PR, you see that that has always been the case. It's always up in the 70s, the 80s, um, as in the number that this is the biggest challenge. So essentially, PR, inbound PR is about combining what PR is great at, which is content, and alleviating its biggest challenge, measurement, through everything that inbound marketing preaches and teaches us. And we know that inbound marketing works. We've seen that before, right? Like we attract people, we create a lot of the awareness content, which to a big part, PR can and should be responsible for. We generate their leads, we nurture them, we put them through a whole sales process, um, and then we drive revenue. 
And of course, we don't forget the last part, where we need to engage with them continuously because we now know that our customers are the biggest driver of growth. For those of you that came to Inbound last year, we killed the funnel. Do you guys like that? Do you think we should kill the funnel? No, yeah? Yes, yes? okay, that, that was good, that was strong, I like it. Wake up, guys, what time is it? It's 10. Oh, you need more coffee, don't worry, we have a break in an hour and a half. Now, so we killed the funnel, and now we have the flywheel. And the flywheel spins. The more force you put into any of those, the more it's gonna spin. Now that's what we really wanna do with inbound marketing, but also with inbound PR. And if we look at the methodology for inbound PR, you notice that it's rather similar to inbound marketing, and that's on purpose, and that's also okay. But it uses different tools. So if you're looking at a tract, it's all about content creation, right? Like that's on your website, that's blogging, those are those press releases, they're not bad. They just need to be used in a better way. We still have that SEO piece, social media, video ads, knowledge base when it comes to customers. The engage tools focus a lot on that engagement and direct conversations through email. The newsroom plays a big role. I'll talk to you about that later. Um, and then the delight, of course, that continues with the social media engagement, the, the inclu inclusive, like, really creating that relationship. However, what's truly unique about inbound PR is that PR can work with any stakeholder group. Whereas inbound marketing really focuses on those prospects, on those customers that you want to acquire, PR can be any persona. It can be the customers, it can be the media. Those would include journalists and influencers and bloggers and YouTubers, etc. Can be, it can be also investors, like really any stakeholder group. That's what makes PR the most unique industry of them all out there, which concern anything around digital. So we've got the methodology, uh, and I know that that gives you a lot of ideas on what type of tools you can use, etc. but I said in the beginning that I want to leave you with some very practical tips on how to do that, not just a methodology. So we'll jump straight. How do we do inbound PR? There are eight steps. They're pretty simple steps. You can follow each one um, from the beginning. So we start with setting goals. I think that's important whenever we do anything that we want to have an impact on our business. We now stakeholder personas. For the HubSpot customers, I know you know the word persona. We define their journey. We create content. We promote it. We do inbound media relations. Because we're talking about PR, I don't want to lose that earned media track. We nurture them, and then at the end, we measure the results. And that's a closed loop, right? That spins as well in itself as a flywheel. So let's get started. Setting your goals. As I said, that's the most important thing, and you need to spend a lot of time defining those goals and making sure you're comfortable with them because if you don't have the right goals, you're not going to be able to define the right tactics, and in the end, you're going to be like, well, this doesn't work for me. Of course it doesn't work for you because you haven't set the right goals. So why? the biggest question you need to ask, and there's a whole book uh, called Why that asks you to ask why five times, and you should definitely do that here. Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? Why do we even need PR? What do we hope to achieve with it? What's the type of revenue we expect with it or not? You need to be very clear on that because when there's confusion, 
then people are not happy. And especially if you're an agency trying to provide a service to a customer, you have to be very aligned on those goals that you're setting there together. You also want to know specifically how much inbound PR is supposed to help you, right? I'm a firm believer that inbound PR can drive revenue. And you can do that through various ways, right? Like whether PR is going to tackle the whole prospect persona, whether they're going to work with the media uh, people, that's also fine. Whether you're going to use PR collateral in your sales process, that's also okay. But you're going to have to be very clear on that and have clear expectations on what are you trying to achieve. After that, you want to nail your stakeholder personas. Now, these things are very much related, right? Like when you decide, these are my goals, this is what I'm trying to achieve, you can say, all right, now I'm going to work with these type of personas. You may have multiple. You can work with your prospects. You can work with a media persona. If you want to do um, something with investors, that's also fine. But you have to be very clear on that. So who are those ideal people you're trying to reach? You need to go a level deeper there. What I've seen through my consulting days is that a lot of people, when, when they come to this step, they say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll define my personas. That's kind of like my target audience. Yeah, that's all good. We've actually got some ideas. And so you end up with assumptions rather than research. Whenever I would assign this as homework to one of the agencies I used to manage, um, they'd be very quick in jumping on it and create a whole persona profile for the prospects. And then when I asked them, well, how did you go about doing this? They were like, well, we sat together, here our team, and we discussed it, and we came up with this. And I'm like, did you ever ask your customers? Did you ever research them online? Did you dig into reports for some um, user behavior online? Did you interview them? Did you survey them? Typically, the answer would be no. And then your content doesn't work because what you're trying to achieve with any type of content creation is to answer the questions that your personas are having. And you want to save them time because people don't have time right now. So you're going to have to be very specific on what those questions are and you want to answer them. So I said as well that I don't want to lose the whole media perspective even though I believe that PR has evolved with the different media types. So I'm going to focus on the media persona here right now for the purposes of this. But it's very similar to what you guys have already done with the buyer personas, specifically those of you who are HubSpot customers. When it comes to defining a media persona, you want to know who are those journalists and bloggers and YouTubers and generally influencers who might be interested in our business, our products, and our services. What does a day in their life look like, right? Like if those are bloggers, then they have a very different day than, than those of um, the, than that one of journalists who work uh, in the newsrooms. How do they prefer to be contacted? That's key. A lot of people ignore their email and spam it. For me, for example, I said that I have a blog and I get pitches five or six times um, a week. Most of them come in my email uh, inbox, and I completely ignore them. I don't have time for my work inbox, let alone for my personal inbox. And so the best way to contact me, for example, is to actually send me a tweet, uh, tweet a message. I'll take a look at that if it's a quick, a quick pitch, and then I can easily tell you, oh, yeah, that works for me. Send me another email here and here. Then I'm going to pay attention to you. And then a lot of influencers and the media people in general are like that. They have their own preferences. You need to understand them. And the only way to actually know that is to ask them. You want to know how they do research, right? Like when they write a story. Um, we do that as well when it comes to our prospects. We look at their entire online journey and we look at what do they read and how do they consume it, 
who do they ask for recommendations, etc. You want to know also what they're looking for in stories. Some journalists may be interested in data and facts. Others may be interested in more, more type of interviews or customer stories, etc. You also want to know what challenges they have. For some of them, they may need to turn around the story in 24 hours. Can you be just as agile? Now, that's important too. Now, these are some example questions, right? I think there are plenty that you can develop um, on your own as well. But the idea is that through asking those questions and doing your research, you can create the full picture of the persona you're trying to target. And then you need to take that a level up with defining their journey. I'm sure you guys are aware of the buyer's journey, right? Like that's the process someone goes through from um, understanding that they have a problem through researching um, the details of it and then deciding on a solution. And that's very typical when it comes to inbound marketing and it's the same when we go into inbound PR and looking at any other persona. So here again, I'll focus on the media. And these guys, even, even if it's a YouTuber or blogger, they know I actually need a story. I need to create something here. They're researching their ideas. This is where you want to pop up, right? And then at the end, they're going to pick the story and the brands that they want to work with. And this is also, again, where you want to have persuaded them already because you've answered their questions with your content that they've found throughout their research journey. Also, knowing the questions that they ask is helpful when it comes to creating your content. Content creation is another area where I've seen a lot of people struggle because they don't do it strategically enough, and they just start from the kind of like backwards. And what I mean by that is a lot of people come up with lots of blog post ideas, which are really great topics, and they're cool, and you know, they, they're good. But they, they don't go back all the way, and they sort of, like as I said, do it backwards. <laughs> You need to be really strategic with this, and you're going to have to create co different content for your different personas. Can you repurpose it? Yes. So the best way to start with content creation, and I've tested that with a lot of my agencies, is to first start with your persona, define the questions that they ask throughout their journey. These are your keywords. Make sure you know which stage, stage they relate to, because that's going to help you later when it comes to lead nurturing. And then answer those questions with content offers. Right, like content offers can be ebooks, webinars, anything on your newsroom, um, videos, etc. Something that's of higher value. And then you use your blog posts and press releases uh, and other content on the newsroom as your promotion, promotional efforts. They are still content, but they're the ones that will actually be found online and will guide the, the person, that persona to the content offer. So it's important to start that way and not backwards. Now, once you have that, you guys will have a bunch of content ideas, a bunch of content out there, but you need to promote it. We live in a world where there's just so much information out there. Everyone is very careful about what they consume and how they spend their time. And so that's why it becomes really hard to actually decide how to promote the content. Sorry, I kind of missed this, missed this slide. The content format is important too, right? Like we mentioned a couple of examples already. Depending what type of industry you're in, you'd want to consider that too, right? Like you'll be answering those questions that your personas are asking, but are you using the right format that they prefer? I love video right now, right? But I don't have the patience to watch long videos. So if you give me a two-minute video, I'm okay with that. <laughs> 
Ebooks really depends on the topic. So you're going to have to be conscious and you're going to have to test that with, with your personas too in terms of where they read, how they read, like generally how they consume content and what type as well. And speaking of video, uh, we mentioned that earlier on, by 2020, video will make, make up more than 80% of consumer traffic. You guys surprised about that? No? Yeah, me neither. Now to the promotion of the content. There's way too much noise out there, right? Like, how, how much time do you guys spend on social media? Too much? <laughs> yeah, it is too much. You get addicted, right? Like, you scroll that Facebook news feed and you just can't stop. But it is also how you get informed, right? Like, who reads the news here? All right, good few of you. Okay, I'm surprised. I don't read the news. They come to me. Social media. Oh, on social media. Yeah, that works. Yeah, exactly. I don't read them, right? Like, I, I get them from my Facebook feed. That's how I get informed. And that's, that's also key, right? Like, you actually want to go there where your personas are. So... It's funny, this, this is a really cool graph that I always use and really like, and it gets updated every year and every year, right? But when you look at the amount of content that's out there on each of those for 60 seconds, it's insane. That's 18 million text messages of World Cup. Like, we're full-on addicted to our phones. 55% of the global population has internet access, and they're probably active on one of those networks because on average, we have 8.5 social media accounts. I have 10. Who else has 10? An estimation? There's a few of you. Do you guys think, do you have less, less than eight? You less than eight? Okay, you're, you're still good then. So my equation really for successful content promotion is around 20% content creation 80% content distribution. We get bogged down on creating new content and fresh content all the time, whereas actually, really what we should be focusing on is promoting that content. If you have a great video like the guys are um, doing right now, and they're going to promote that, but they're also going to repurpose it, they're going to use it, they'll turn it into blogs, they'll turn it into Facebook messages, they'll cut down into shorter videos, etc. There's so much you can do, and consider that part of your content distribution as well, because... That content is already there. It's created. You just need to repurpose it. You need to get it out in front of the people where they actually like to consume it. And one of the coolest things that I love when it comes to content distribution is the so-called PISO model. It comes from SpinStocks. It's a PR agency over in Chicago. Really great guys. Um, and for me, I think that's the best way to spread an entire PR campaign um, throughout the all, all of the media types, right? So if we start with earned, um, you may have a video like this, right? Like how can we get that into some interesting media outlets or bloggers who talk about this topic? Perhaps they'll be interested in it. You've shared, that's all about social media. You've owned, we spoke about that. That's super important, especially when it comes to SEO, guys. It's your website, like really that's your own channels. And paid. I think paid, paid is key, but it needs to be done in a smart way, right? Like, especially if you want to promote your content and get it out in, the, in front of the right people. Facebook ads, et cetera, are great because you can be very specific with the audience that you define. And then one of the examples that I gave here is how do we spread the content with the media, right? Like I call this inbound media relations. 
It's nothing different than what it used to be in terms of trying to work with journalists um, or influencers. I think it really just comes down to the approach. And it's more around, rather than assuming that they'll be interested in our press release and the news that we have, it's making sure that they really do and then reaching out to them in the right way. So you want to do your research. We spoke about that earlier with the persona. You want to know, you want to get to know them. You perhaps want to get to get creative a little bit with your outreach. Like when I, as an influencer, receive an email with loads of text and the press release in it, th that's just not, not going to cut it for me. If, if you even sh record a short Loom video for me, which explains the whole story, I'll pay attention to that. You, but you also don't want to be spammy. So what happens a lot for me is someone would email me once. They wait three days. Email me, I wouldn't have responded. Email me back again. Wait another three days. And so within a week, I have five emails following up and following up and following up when I'm clearly not interested. You want to make sure you create the remarkable content that we spoke about that really answers the questions that they're asking. And you also want to use a little bit of emotion, right? Like, we do react to emotion. We want to laugh or we want to cry. We don't want... But what's typical about press releases is that they always follow a format, which is okay, right? And it's helpful and you still need to stick to it. But you want to, like, shake it up a little bit. That, at least that's worked really well for me. Um, I used to have a startup in Dublin, and that's exactly what, what we did. And we got a lot of press coverage out of that very early on. We want to make it easy for them to actually reach out to you and make sure your own media is on par. How many of you on your website have a PR contact? On your contact us page, here's a PR person. So that's like 10 people out of 300. Now that's important, right? What happens is when you pitch someone, you're trying to gauge the interest, right? Like you're trying to make them want more. So if what they see is interesting, the first thing they're going to do is go check you out on your website, on your Facebook profiles, etc. They're going to vet you. And you've nothing there, they're not going to pay any more attention. And if you reverse it, if they found you online throughout their research and they want to know more, you need to have your, your peer contact out there or the person who can actually spend time with these people, giving them the, the additional information that they need. And at the end, you really want to promote them and share their own content. We forget to do that a lot. Like, these guys, you know, it's not really their job to promote us, but then they end up doing it. So we should also be grateful and ensure that, you know, we share their content. We spread their um, the awareness about them. We help them build their reputation, too. Now, I found through my research when I was writing the book that very few people, very few companies leverage a newsroom. And mostly, it's really big names like Coca-Cola. Who has a newsroom? Six people? All right. That's still pretty good. Now, it really is the media's go-to resource, right? Like, how many of you guys on your website have a section called Download the Resources that's designed for your prospects? A good few more. Yeah, OK. That's exactly the same thing, but it's the media newsroom, but it would be just designed for your media persona, right? And to give you some examples, Cisco has a terrific one. So they've the news stories, um, they have a lot of visuals on there, they've the news releases, they have where they've been covered, um, they've like their executive leadership, bios and information about them and awards, they've like their whole social social feeds, etc. And it's really helpful, especially for, as we said earlier, 
media people do their research. They also want to choose who to work with. And if you think about building one, it's actually pretty simple. So there are 16 key pieces you need in a newsroom. And if you have an inbound agency, they can easily build this for you, same way as they would build the download section. It's the exact same story when it comes to the newsroom, but it's hugely important to start with the right architecture on the website. Because in the beginning, you may have very little content, but later on, when that builds up and builds up and becomes more, it'll be harder for people to actually search it and then and, and sort it when they're looking for something very specific. And I've seen a lot of PR agencies who've jumped on inbound PR doing this as a service for their clients. And what it really helps with is not just ensuring that you answer the questions of your media personas, but also having a centralized place where you put them, which, because it's on your website, is actually really good for SEO. So we have the press releases, the press coverage, research studies, High visual, visual, high quality visuals, really important, really hard to get them as well. And they're super, super, super important when it comes to print, for example. Interviews with important people, podcasts, webinars, bios, company awards, PR, PR contact details, as I said. Um, any guest um, articles, product information as well, service sheets, case studies, events past and future as well. Online media kits, um, investor relationship that applies. And then generally also your blog and social media feeds if people want to get in touch with you or dig a little bit deeper and get to know your audience. Now, the media newsroom is really helpful as well when it comes to nurturing your leads because it's a really easy way for you to actually point these people to the right direction where you've already got the content. And I feel like lead nurturing can be applied to all of the stakeholder personas, right? It's not just our prospect as we've traditionally tried to do it but it could really be anybody. And as long as you have the right tools, it'll be easy to do. Why? Because you already set up your personas, you know, the questions they're asking throughout the buyer's journey. And lead nurturing is nothing different than moving your persona from one stage of the buyer's journey to the other and doing it in an automated way, um, ideally, of course, with a software. And when it comes to inbound marketing, I believe you're all familiar with this, right? Like ensuring that you use the right tools um, at the right time to generate the traffic, generate the leads, convert them. Obviously, then depending on whether that's media people you want to work with on creating some coverage, or if that's customers you actually want to close uh, for your business to turn them into revenue. So it kind of like depends, again, on the goals that you've set out uh, in the beginning. But this can work out just as easily for media people um, to where you want to sort of like grab the attention with something, something bite-sized, something small when they're in their awareness stage, and then make them want more. And then ideally, in some automated shape or form, you actually give them that information. And I think what's quite interesting, and that's going to be one of our challenges for the future, and that's why I said that lead nurture really doesn't work <coughs> unless you have tools, is that with AI and bots... Uh, and a lot of the Internet of Things and technology that's coming up, a lot more things will become available to us and will become a lot easier for us to do to achieve those lead-nurturing results we want. It's really cool research as well um, that you can guys leverage. And I think what's really scary here is that 
87% of the workforce expect part of their jobs to be automated. Who's, who, who finds that scary? 87%. Like, it's a lot, right? But this is an opportunity for us because what tools cannot do, what technology cannot do for us is think and create a strategy. Because the tools, they enable that. But you're going to have to come up with it. And to close the loop, we've looked through personas and their journey. We've looked to content creation and promotion. We've looked through um, media relations and also lead nurturing for it. We need to measure the results. I said in the beginning that PR has been notoriously known for not doing that very well. And the data really is out there, right? Like there are a bunch of tools. Um, HubSpot is also one of them. But even Google Analytics, there's a ton of things that are free that we can just need to learn to leverage. And one tool like that is um, Amex Framework. I'm sure the PR people in the room are familiar with it. But the whole idea is that you need to plan with outcomes and the results you're hoping to achieve, not the output. So it's great that you have ideas on, I'm going to use a blog, I'm going to use Facebook advertising. That's awesome. But you really need to start from the overarching strategy and goals you're setting and then define the right tactics to make that happen. This is a cool tool, automated online, asks you a lot of questions, guides you, and I think in the end you can end up with a whole company with it. And HubSpot software is your best friend, right? Like I think a lot of you here, um, hoping you're happy with the software, but it's quite helpful for you to apply that for any stakeholder persona, and it really allows you to drive results throughout the entire flywheel. So quick recap. Within Bound PR, you want to set your goals. You want to nail your stakeholder personas and their bio journey through proper research. You want to create a good content plan and then subsequently content. Make sure you spend 80% of your time actually promoting it rather than just creating. Email media relations can be part of that. And lead nurturing can help you too. And at the end, you want to measure the results because that's hugely important so that you can learn what worked, what didn't, what can we do better, what can we get rid of, what can we try again. So those are the um, eight key steps when it comes to um, trying an inbound PR campaign. And then just, just to recap, I hope you guys have seen that um, the key takeaways really are around how it's time for the PR industry to reinvent itself. And you can actually learn a lot from inbound marketing. It really is just about deciding on the persona, getting to know the persona, especially if it's the media persona. These guys also do their research. They make decisions similar to how consumers do and prospects do. So it's just applying that learning to a different persona. And at the end, we just recap the eight key steps. Um, but really, I think it would be, I would just hope that you guys take some of those ideas home and actually apply them and give me a shout if something's worked for you. Or even if it hasn't, if it hasn't, I said I'm everywhere online, so I'd love to hear from you. And that's pretty much it. Thank you.